your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Children's Church? Yeah. Let me pray for you guys. We have a Mac. Father, we thank you for our kids. We thank you that they are there, that they are your kids. And uh, we just speak blessing on Children's Church. We thank you in faith that your presence is waiting to meet them. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Kids are dismissed. Children's Church. morning <laughs> I'm gonna um, I, I um, feel like I've been moved during worship to tell you just a little testimony um, from this week um, so I was uh, I was trying to get my lawnmower started you know, we have like 10 feet of grass to mow so I don't but um, I'm trying to get it started for the first time this year and I'm yanking on the cord. I'm at that point where I'm pouring with spat, sweat, about to use a four-letter word. I'm really frustrated and, uh, and uh, my son is out there helping me with it. And um, well, actually, I have to backtrack. The night before, you know, we, um, we have these little struggles and we, we were, um, all of us have them is what I mean to say. And we were working with Jonah through it. And I decided to give him a little theology i'm thinking he's old enough for this and so i'm giving him the talk that you know why jesus had to come as a man and why why he did it that way because god gave dominion to man the first adam you know messed it up the second adam comes to make it perfect then it had to be a man because by legal contract god said i give dominion to man and i'm telling him and i'm telling him, you know what this means it means that the most powerful thing in the universe on the earth because God said so, is, is a man. <laughs> he meant it that way. And, um, and so I'm telling him this so he can get past the stroke, so he can realize I'm the most powerful thing on the earth because God said so. When, and this is the night before. So now we're out there with the lawnmower and I'm, I'm yanking and I'm yanking and I, we just had the dominion talk, right? And so, and then it occurs to me, like, I kept really probably out of anger. It's amazing how God is our friend meets us. But I'm like, um, I'm like, I just need to use my dominion. And he's, he's standing right there and he sees me do this. He sees me go, um, in the name of Jesus, start. And I pulled the cord and it started right up. <laughs> and he's like, right now now that's not the end of the story so then um you know you, when that happens you leave it running for a minute so i leave it running um for a minute but then we've got to turn it off to get it up on this higher level where we're actually going to mow our little patch of grass um we get it up there and it won't start again and now he's got his arms folded and he's he's watching me go yank yank and he's just standing there looking at me like i'm an idiot and uh and he goes dad you just use your dominion and I'm now I'm a little scared right I'm really I'm like okay and so I go very gently this time I go in the name of Jesus start <laughs> and I pull the cord and it starts and um, can you imagine I'm telling that story um, 
can you imagine the way that he loves us as a friend? Like, now I'm not saying I have the spiritual gift of starting small motors <laughs> or something like that, but that was absolutely the friendship of God. Do you know that? To have, to love me like that, to remind me about dominion that, that he means for it to come into this physical and for my son who's, who was having these struggles that were working, just this little struggles, normal stuff that you go through, that we're working through with him to to witness God is Jesus as our friend loving us that way over a lawnmower. And then I have to tell you, it happened again. I was on an ATV ride the next week where we were having troubles on the trail and I'm trying to get it started with buddy of buddy of ours that's riding the trail with us and the ATV won't start and we're kind of like clogging things up and I'm thinking we've got to get this thing started. And the lawnmower comes to my mind after we've tried and tried and tried, and I say, um, I say, start with my dominion, right? And it, I hit the start button, and it does. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I do have the spiritual gift of small engines or something. Um, but I do know that those things in your life are, are Jesus inviting you into a friendship, letting you know that he's walking with you. Um, so, Okay. Let's just pray again. Father, I ask that you would, um, this morning, that your presence would be powerfully in it, that um, I'm wasting my breath and we're wasting our time if the power of your spirit is not, is not making living words. And I, I just ask, Lord, that you are inviting us into a deeper place in our friendship with you, the way that we walk with you, that we can walk it out that you're releasing barriers over, over people that have um, fear or intrepidation or just, just can't imagine themselves walking with you, that you're breaking bondages, that you're healing places, and you're bringing us into a deeper type of friendship than we could have before. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> you guys good this morning? Good. Okay, I'm just going to start with something. I know I've, I've actually been saying this a lot lately, and maybe the Lord's made it my goal that by the time we finish this summer series on positioning, that this part will be blazed on your mind. Um, Y'all remember that I've been saying there are the three ways that in the words of Jesus that he talks about that we approach him. Are you remembering this? Okay, I'm going to do them again really quickly because it leads where we're going. You know, we're in this series on positioning and you've probably noticed I've stalled in friendship, positioning into friendship with him. Now I'm going to tell you why. Um, it's um, of all the things I've, the Lord's been leading me to teach, I'm having more and more of you come to me and say, this is really challenging me. I want to hear more about that. So that's why I've stalled right here and we're going to talk about it again do you do you consider yourself god to be your friend you are a friend of god we sing it here half the time um, i'm going to show you how critical and we're going to walk through some practical things but to start here are the three ways that and and there are obviously more ways in the word of god he's so infinite we probably can't number the ways but there are three ways that Jesus puts a lot of energy into making sure we understand that these are ways that we approach him in different circumstances. Okay, first one's father. 
right? He's, we approach him as father. The, the spirit makes us cry out, Abba, Father. And that's really the way a child approaches the provider, the lover of their soul. So we, we approach him as father for our needs, right? And hopefully this is ringing a, is this ringing a bell? Are we getting this? What's the second way? Judge, right? Jesus expends a lot of energy telling us that one way that we would relate with him is as judge. Do you remember when we approach him like that? It's in the warfare, right? It's when we need a different verdict from the courts. It's in our struggle against the enemy, always in the word of God, that we approach him as judge. Okay? I hope this is ringing a bell. So in other words, if, if you're in a battle against the darkness, you need freedom from a hindrance in things God's calling you to do, things like that, we go to him and it, as judge and, it, and the word of God gives us um, various ways that we do that. You'll think of some of the parables, right? Um, so we go to him as judge. Persistence is important. Is this ringing the bell of the widow and the judge? Okay. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. The third one is the one we're focusing on today. We approach him as friend. Now, here's what I, the reason I'm repeating this and what's really important to grab this morning. In some of the conversations I've been having, um, we, I'm hearing from you all, and I've felt it in my own life, we get this idea that having friendship with God is kind of like, well, um, it's optional, or I'm not quite there yet. And I, wanna, I want you to gather, and I'm going to show you why, how absolutely critical, how, how essential, how it asked, has to be one of your approaches with God. Okay? So with Jesus himself. Okay, so now track with me for a moment. Um, you know that our God um, is not building a people that are needs-based people. You understand what I'm saying? What is he building? He's building people that dream with him, people of vision. The entire story in this book is not, is not about a God who, who has selected, who has chosen out for himself a people so that he can give them a meager existence and, and barely meet the necessities of life. <laughs> That's not what this story is. This is a glorious story of a kingdom advancement of a chosen people to bring them into a land that flows with milk and honey, a land of promise, right? And Jesus specifically said of himself, uh, he specifically said, I come that you have life and life abundant, not just barely get your needs met. Okay, he's a, he's a God building a people who, who have a faith that we dream with him, things that are impossible, that we walk forward into visions that he gives that are impossible. Amen? Is that right? Okay, so, and here's what I have to tell you. If this is true, if you're agreeing with me on this from the word of God, then I want to tell you that our approach to him in friendship is the approach where we join him in the glorious things that he's doing. It's not as judge. It's not, it's not his father. Now, now don't, don't mishear, mishear me. Um, we obviously start with him as father, right? If we don't understand ourselves as children of the father, children of God, you're, you're not off of the starting block, are you? 
And you are absolutely, if you're going to walk with Jesus into glorious callings on your life, into the release of, of gifts and mighty things that, that he means for your joy, not because he needs you to do it, if you're going to walk into those things, you are going to approach him as judge sometimes. You are going to be looking for a different verdict from the courts of heaven to, to release the calling on your life. Is that right? But, but I'm going to show you in the word of God this morning that friendship with God is absolutely critical. It's, it's, not, it's non-negotiable <laughs> to foster a friendship because it's friends who walk together in common purpose. You do that, I do that too right? That's, that's important to you. That's what you're up to. Then that's, that's what's important to me and that's what I'm up to. That's friendship. And you know, the word of God is full of him reciprocating that. Guys who are, he's looking for a people that are going to be friends with him in such a way that we walk with him into what he's doing. Amen? Is it true? Okay. All right, let me show you this. Um, I'm just going to start by looking at um, Hebrews chapter 2, if you want to go with me there. We'll start in verse 14. So we're going to read two places out of Hebrews that talk about um, Jesus as our high priest, as our perfect priest. But so, in other words, this is, this is alluding to their thousands of years of history of having high priests and all of the, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the pomp that goes with that, okay? In God's plan, of course, as a shadow of the high priest Jesus. But I'm going to show you some things that are, that are tucked right with the display of him as high priest that are really, and I'm going to give you the answer before we do it, that are really um, God's desire to be relatable to you. Okay, read with me in verse 14. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, not a single alleluia. <laughs> and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Anybody been released from bondage yes. by Jesus? For indeed, he, now listen, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Now keep your finger right there. We're going to keep reading. But I want you to see that here in talking about his priestly role, what does he say? He doesn't give aid to angels. And what's that talking about? Angels that fell, they're, they're not getting aid. <laughs> okay? But who, who does get aid? He gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Now if you've been with us through this series, you know you probably picked up already that what is that? That's the seed of friendship. Abraham was the one that God said, Throughout the word of God says, he, he's my friend. Abraham's the, the friend of God. Okay? So of the seed, of those who join him in his purposes, of those who have a, a heart, an obedience heart of inclination that says, because you're my friend, I walk with you. Of that seed, he gives aid. That's good news. <laughs> and see, that's friendship. 
We're already seeing Abraham was the one who, who sets off, doesn't even know where he's going. God says, come on, let's, let's do this. And all the word of God says is, um, and basically, and so he did. <laughs> That's simple. God said it, so he did. <laughs> so he gets aid. Do you want aid? Okay, that's friendship. And 17 says, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. That's speaking of Jesus, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, now listen, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Now, Notice with me, now listen, this is talking about him in role of, as high priest. And right in that, the Holy Spirit in writing this word wants to point out that it is very important to him that he can relate with you. That's a big deal, okay? That's, that's friendship. Jesus actually wants to walk with you just like any of your friends. He can relate with you. And again, um, go to Hebrews 4.14 because I don't want to take too long. On, we have good, good things here. 4.14. Here it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, so again, talking about him in his priestly, priestly role, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, I'm going to keep reading one more line, I think, but listen, it's very important to God that we could be all theological, okay? That, yes, Jesus, the whole thing I was doing with my son, Jesus came as a man because he had to be a man. Why? Because, because the Father already contracted. It was already legal in the courts of heaven that dominion would be with men on the earth. And we could be all theological, right, like that. But I'm going to tell you, the Word of God wants to make it clear that part of the reason he came as a man is because he's very interested in being your friend, <laughs> he's very interested in responsible creatures who love him, joining with him in his purposes. And the, the relationship, the approach to God where you join him in his purposes is friendship. You see it all the time in the word of God. Okay, now I'm gonna keep reading here. Let us, this, listen what it says next. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Whose throne is that? God's Jesus' throne, right? The throne of grace that we may, two things, obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Two different things, okay? Mercy is the unmerited favor. Mercy is like what I give my son because it's what a father does, <laughs> right? I, I overlook, I, I, I patch up, I, what, whatever, isn't it, whether you deserve it or not, that's mercy, Okay? But it also says, and find grace. Now listen to me, we often, in our culture, and I'm not sure if it's just our culture, but we often use the word, when we say grace, we actually mean mercy. Grace is something entirely different. Grace is an empowerment word. Grace is, um, I'm going to give you a definition for grace here from, from the whole, like if you studied the word out. It's the empowerment of God to be who he made you to be. That's grace. 
It's not just, oh, you poor thing, I'll overlook that. Grace <laughs> is, God's, is God himself coming into you, empowering you to become who he intended and created and knit, designed you to be. Amen? Okay. All right, now we're going to do the real stuff. That was a warm-up. Okay, you know, first of all, so I'm going to go through two aspects of friendship that, um, that I believe the Lord is having me speak to you this, to this, this morning for this purpose. I believe that it's going to open new avenues of friendship or deepen avenues of friendship so that you can join more into the joy of participating than ever before. Do you believe that with me? Okay. The first one, you can start turning to Matthew 16. Do you know the first one is, um, uh, there's no such thing as friendship without kind of like a deep knowing of each other, right? You can have acquaintances that you don't know very well, but deep, deep knowing is really the basis of friendship, right? Okay, I'm going to show you some things here. You will know this place. You'll prob- most of you will probably be very familiar with this conversation. Matthew 16, we're starting about verse 13. And um, this is Peter talking to Jesus. And we're just going to notice some details here. In verse 13, it starts out and says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who, um, let me read that again. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Do you notice when he asks the question, he actually identifies like he gives them the right answer. And then, but what do they say, right? In verse 14, he says, So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now here's Peter's response. Or actually, and then Jesus said, um, Of course, he makes it personal. Y'all experience this? You're reading in here, you're studying in here, and you're reading what's going on, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Lord is doing that with you, right in that moment. Y'all have that experience? Okay, that's what's going on here. And he said, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now we've heard that so many times, it's almost like um, we, we don't. We don't actually have the revelation of what it's saying, I think, sometimes. Do you realize that he could have, um, he could have said any of several things and it would have been accurate and true, right? He could have said, um, but who do you say that I am? And Peter could have said, well, you're the everlasting father and, and the Lord our God is one, right? Three, three persons, one God, so that would be true, right? Um, he could have said, um, what else could he have said? He could have said, you're, you're the righteous judge that executes justice and brings all things to, to glory. And that would have been right, right? But Peter specifically says, um, when, Jesus, when Jesus asks him, who do you say that I am? He says the Christ. Do you understand the significance of that? In other words, he's, he's illustrating that he knows something personal of the person of Jesus. This is a friendship. He knows something. He knows that Christ is word for, you know, sometimes the scriptures say, um, and Jesus, and other times it says, Jesus, Jesus the Christ, 
Christ is a specific word that would have denoted to them that he's talking about Messiah. In other words, what? You're the one who saves, redeems, restores. That's what they believed about Messiah. And so he's in the words that he chooses about who he says that he is, is is a whole world of revelation about the way Peter relates to Jesus. Are you, are you tracking with me? Okay, um, so read on with me. Um, it goes, verse 16, he answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'm going to stop there. Listen, notice that in the, in the revelation of knowing who Jesus is, Peter <laughs> receives words about his own identity. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you something here. Track, track with me. Um, you know what happens next in the narrative. So we have Peter here who is declaring accurate truth about who Jesus is. And pretty much immediately next in the narrative, Peter's the same guy who denies him three times and, and does all this stuff, right? So, so listen to me. The knowledge of who Jesus was is what affords his friend, God, God his friend, to tell him who he is, to declare something of calling and something of identity on his life. But it takes more to walk it out. Are you following me? What does it take to walk it out? Let me say that again. The knowledge of who Jesus is is what's required for God to put identity and calling on him. You're the rock. It allows Jesus to go, you're the man, Peter. He's saying that to you. You know that you're the woman, you're the man. <laughs> but it's not enough to walk it out. What, do, what in addition does he need to walk it out? Grace. He needs that empowerment. And, and I'm going to tell you, he needs to know something. He needs to have some reality of his own identity, which happens in the three falls, the three denials of him. Do you know what he needs to know? And, and I encourage you, go, go read this section this week after hearing this message. But here's what he needs to know. He needs to know that he's not valued by Jesus because he brings qualifications to the table or because he's not going to fail at it. Why is he valued by Jesus? He's valued by Jesus because he's valued by Jesus. That's it. All through this story, you read, Peter is one of those guys that's, um, he's kind of full of it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, he's, he's, he's a very, let's just call him confident. Right? Do you read that in, in the stories of Peter? And so he's a guy who needed to come to the point that he, reali that he, he realized that that Jesus puts value and calling, names him and puts calling on him because Jesus values him. Not because he brings something to the table. Not because he has the qualification and to carry it out. That's friendship. Have you ever had a friend where you were friends because you offered some value to them? <laughs> and that was the basis. Is that friendship? Really? No, and you will not find Jesus' friendship that way. Jesus says, I let you in. Um, I call you friends because I tell you everything my Father says. 
In other words, it, look, it's the invitation to join in. Friendship is a joining in together. Friendship is a walking together. We have common purpose. And Jesus says, I tell you everything my Father says. It's that invitation. And he chooses you. He elects you. He makes plans for you, not because he's like, oh, I found somebody who's got the qualifications we need. (laughs) He finds you and elects you and treasures you and empowers you with that grace because he values you, because he wants to be your friend, just because of you, not because something you bring. You're invited in. So to walk it out, he needed to know something about who he was, right? Knowing who Jesus was invites the calling. Walking it is a journey of healing, of bondage breaking, where you understand that you're loved by God just because you're loved by God. <laughs> you, you do not succeed in walking out the holy partnership that he calls you into until you realize it's not because of something I bring. Friendship. You know, when you're, when you're willing to walk into something you're unqualified for with God, that's the moment he qualifies you for it. Do you know that? Did you catch that? The moment you step, what's faith? The reason faith is the currency of the kingdom is because the minute you begin to walk into something that you're fairly certain or you're completely certain you're not qualified for, that's the moment he empowers you with the Holy Spirit and that grace to walk it out. (laughs) Which is friendship with Jesus. Okay, I want to show you um, a second aspect of friendship with Jesus. In other words, is anyone feeling a freedom? Do you know, um, you know that he's calling you to things, right? Raise your hand if you know that he's calling you to things. You don't have to know what they are. You just know he's calling you to things. (laughs) I never pretend to know what they are. (laughs) As long as you know he's calling you to things, you're good. (laughs) He'll see it through. The second aspect, um, um, well, turn to John 6. I have to tell you, I'm going to give another testimony that just came to mind. Probably two months ago, um, after the service, when we have calls for ministry, if anyone wants prayer, um, (laughs) someone came up who's had a chronic back injury for a long, long time. I I don't know how many years. Um, comes up and he's asking for prayer about other things and so um, and I wasn't feeling it you know I just wasn't feeling the spirit in it but but of course I'll pray for those things you're asking for and I pray with him and he starts to walk away and I sense God say that's not what he came here came up here for prayer for so I'm like whoa hold on a second and I'm grabbing him like come come back over here are you sure there's not something you really need prayer for and that's when he tells me about his back and we pray, and he's, he's healed instantly. At least, at least not, not 100% healed, but he gets a healing to where, to this day, if you talk to him, he's like, I am a different man. I can still bend over. And he'll show you, and he's amazed by it, right? But I'm telling all glory to God on that story, but that's not even why I'm telling it. 
I'm telling it because when he was healed, he looks at me with surprise and he says, I've just been healed. And I'm the one going, really? <laughs> I, I kid you not. It had been a long enough span of time since I've seen God move in certain ways. You know, you have them seasons in your life that um, I'm pretty sure it's not, it's not the right response <laughs> for me to be the one who's surprised. But I'm like, really? And then I'm starting to test it out. Like, like are you sure? Is there something you couldn't do this morning <laughs> that you can do now? And he's like, well, he hadn't tried it yet. And he's like, well, I... I can't bend over like to tie my shoes or something. And he bends over and shows me. And I'm the one that I'm like, really? And I'm testing going, you couldn't do that this morning? And because <laughs> I'm probably a weak guy that I'm probably making it out like, um, like I'm testing so that you, you know you got your healing. <laughs> right? But that's not what I'm doing. I'm shocked out of my mind. I'm like... <laughs> He just did what we asked him to do. <laughs> really? I don't even hardly believe him. I don't even have the faith to believe him. <laughs> I mean, I believe him now. I believed him before he walked away, but surprised by it. Not qualified. I'm certain that I'm not qualified for the impossible things he calls me to do. And that's when God goes, whew, we finally found a guy who is ready to, ready to handle this call. Not qualified at all. Can anybody relate? Thank you for raising your hand and not keeping me up here all alone. <laughs> Has anybody been terrified by opportunities for prayer like that? Like you know God's going, go pray this for, the, for that person and you're like, you're like, I don't know. Do you experience that? <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to show you this second one. <clears throat> Did I tell you the John 6? Okay, right in verse 1. Um, this is a story of friendship. And it may be the first time you ever see it that way. Um, but we're, we're going to read an in, a story of intimate friendship with Jesus, okay? Um, starting in verse 1. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Did you all know that already? You're probably more scholars than I am. It says, after these things, Jesus went over, over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said, Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Okay, listen. Do you know that that was a friendship encounter? Now, now let me show you this, okay? Um, do you know one thing that friends do is challenge each other? Okay? Y'all have ever had a good friend? Have you ever had a good friend that didn't challenge you to be better sometimes? In fact, you know what you find in life? You'll get encouragement um, you'll get encouragement and, and pushing toward all kinds of good things from people who are not your closest friends. <laughs> Have you experienced that? Because there is a million good things out there, right? And you'll get encouragement like, oh yeah, that's great, you should do that, you should do that. But only your really close friends who really love you deeply are the ones who will, who will shut down the forks in the road that don't relate to your truest self. 
your deepest self, even if it looks good, oh, that's such a good option, take that job or whatever it is. But your truest friends are the ones who will say, that's not your, that doesn't fit you. Why would you do, sure, it looks good. That would be terrible for you. Do you understand what I'm tracking? They're also the people who push you that when the right thing that is, that it relates to your deepest heart, your truest self, your friends are the ones who will push you past the fear, push you through that fork in the road and get you moving on into things that you wouldn't move into without them. Am I telling the truth? Okay, that's what we're reading here. Jesus lifts up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, Philip wouldn't have known this, verse 6, but verse 6 says, but he said, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus, in other words, what? Jesus is ministering in the Spirit exactly the way you're called to minister in the Spirit. Is that true? Okay, and that's what you're reading. And so in other words, Jesus knew why he began this encounter with Philip. He knew that there, there, was, there was plans for, for a divine moment here, a, a friendship relational encounter that's going to push Philip into greater things that have everything to do with his truest self, the deep part, probably parts of Philip's heart that he doesn't even know, that he's not even aware of yet. And he pokes him. <laughs> he says, um, how, how are we going to feed these guys? What do you think? Do you, do you recognize what I'm saying? This is total friendship. This is the elbow your friend, your friend throws you to push you forward. And this is how, now notice with me, I'm going to go back to the beginning just for a moment. Notice with me that it is in the relationship of friendship where Jesus moves us deeper into the joy of participation with him, the joining into the kingdom advancing that you're made for. So let me tell you something. If not participating in those things, you're not as fulfilled as you could be. (laughs) Did you hear that? Repeat that with me. If I'm not participating in those things, I'm not as fulfilled as I could be. (laughs) Now, Jesus, your friend, knows that what you just said out of your mouth is true, and he is your friend. He's actually a good friend. And so he is pushing you like he's doing Philip right here in your life. I promise you he is. At least he's trying. You might have your walls up and stuff, but he is trying to push you into the joy, the things that will fulfill your heart. He is. Why? Because he's your friend. He went to great lengths to become (laughs) creature-like, to become a man, become a creature like you so that you could relate with him, so that you could have a friendship with him. So he can blow you away over a lawnmower. Seriously. Okay, verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Now, verse 8, the reason I read on, I, w- I want to just grab verse 8 for just a minute because you understand, you understand there are all kinds of voices trying to define your relationship with Jesus for you. <laughs> Do you know that? Even well-meaning voices, people who, people who love you dearly but not as well as Jesus are always trying to speak in to your friendship with Jesus, Right? 
That's what we read next. Verse 8 says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? So what's he doing? He's already throwing a million ideas. You know there's a million ideas out there for everything. Jesus is having an intimate friendship moment with Philip, and there's no shortage of people interjecting their great ideas. Um, We could swindle the kid out of his lunch. I don't know if it'll help that much, but, right? (laughs) Now Jesus does, (laughs) now now listen, Jesus does end up using it for the starter. That kid's lunch. (laughs) And do you know that there's a mom story behind that? (laughs) Have you ever thought it weird that that kid has such a big lunch? I'm telling you that there's a mom at home who said, you're not leaving this house without your lunch, <laughs> right? And then, he, and then he probably left with enough for him, and she goes, how are you going to share? <laughs> it doesn't make sense for the kid to have that big lunch. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? The voices, that's what we're talking about. You're going to have a million well-wishers, people who genuinely care about you, that are going to have something to say about the, the friendship encounters that you have with Jesus. They're going to inject things into Jesus coming to you as a friend. Why is friendship, why is approaching God specifically As a friend, non-negotiable and absolutely vital. Do you guys got it? I'm just going to say it again. You got to leave here with this this morning. It is your relationship with God where you will be accepting the invitation to join him in this stuff. Do you want to join him in his stuff? Then you're going to be friends with God. You're going to need to approach him as father. You're going to have to respond to the Holy Spirit in you that cries Abba when you have needs, when you need a hug. (laughs) You're going to have to approach him as judge, I promise you. (laughs) Especially the more and more you expect, you, you accept the friendship invitation of Jesus and start walking shoulder to shoulder, Start having a conversation with him. Well, what do you want to do? Well, what's important to you right now, Lord? (laughs) What are you asking here? The more you do that, the more you're going to have to approach God as judge. I promise you. The more you're going to have to go into the courts and plead the blood of Jesus for a different verdict that heals you, frees you, binds the enemy, and keeps you moving into that glory. You're going to have to approach him as judge. But I'll tell you something. If you want to join into the things of God, if you want the joy, now why does Jesus give us the ministries and the participation? Because he loves you, because he's your friend. In other words, he knows that that's where your joy is. How does he know? Well, he made you. That's part of the reason he knows. (laughs) He's the one who designed you for the things he has planned for you. So he knows that's where your joy is at. And so as any good friend, he invites you in. And I'll tell you something, if you, if you struggle, you have something to deal with, with God, if you struggle to have a friendship with him. 
because those are barriers that are keeping you from that joy that he wants you to have. Friendship is an invitation to join in with me. Even in your human relationships, right? And it's always towards your truest self. Listen, it's not just toward good things. <laughs> My wise wife taught me um, that the enemy of best is good. And he only has the best in mind for you. You know, there's a, there's a million good things that you can do, but the best thing for you is what he's planned. And that only comes in accepting the friendship invitation. When Jesus says, come on, friend, I've got some ideas for us to do together. And that friendship <laughs> is the best. And he is only going to lead you towards your truest, deepest heart. And the truth is, um, oh, the truth is only he knows your, your true heart. Only he knows. <laughs> okay. All right. And that's for next time. Um, we are going to have, because we have uh, Pastor Tony coming next week, we're going to have the Lord's Supper this week. Um, and I just want to encourage you, when you come to this table, um, he says that this is his body that's broken for you. He declares that, and he says, come and eat of it. He declares that this is the blood that I spilled. What does he say? He says it's the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. What's, what's the new covenant? Do you know the new covenant is this invitation? It's what we've been talking about all morning. They knew the I am. They knew the Father. They worshiped. They had love for him. The new covenant is the invitation to have that empowerment for, for absolute participation <laughs> in ministering exactly the way he did with the same power. You know, the spirit that raised him from the dead is the spirit that lives in you. The spirit that he ministered with and raised people from the dead is the same spirit in you. And the, you, him making it legal so that you could have that spirit, that's the new covenant. <laughs> so when we come to this table, you know, he broke that bread and he passed it around and he passed the cup. And after the meal, what did he say? He said, I bestow a kingdom on you. That's the new covenant. <laughs> not part of the kingdom he said I bestow a kingdom on you the whole thing and so when you come to this table I just encourage you this morning um, I encourage you a couple of things <clears throat> ask him to reveal something about your friendship with him. Ask him to reveal the ways perhaps that he is, he is inviting you that maybe, you're, that maybe you're holding back. And he's going, I wish, you'd, I wish you would accept. He knows you love him 
And he, he knows you know him as father, but, but Jesus is saying, I wish you would accept my friendship. I wish you would know that I want to put my arms around your shoulders and walk with you. I want to share the joy of doing stuff with you. Powerful things that impossible things, kingdom things. He wants that. So ask him to reveal things about your friendship. He wants a deeper friendship with you always. Do you know that's true? Amen. I'll just leave it at that. And um, let me just pray for the meal. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bind the enemy right now. Any, any of the enemy's voice that would want to speak during this time that your spirit wants to move. And we just declare that this, this house is yours and we, we are your house. And we declare that your spirit and your spirit only is what will reign in this house. And I ask you, Father, to release deeper depths of friendship in every heart in this place this morning in the authority of your name and in in the in the tenderness of your invitation lord i ask that people would be freed in the name of jesus even before we start this meal i ask that you would be opening hearts wounded places in hearts and i ask that holy spirit that you would just move right now that you would be healing giving freedom they didn't have before to let things go in this healing so that they can accept your friendship that they would let you hug them let you put your arm around him let you um, invite them to walk with him to walk with you lord and I, I thank you in faith that I, I just, I thank you in absolute faith that you are doing that as we, as we taste the bread, your body that's broken, as we actually swallow the blood of that covenant that makes it so that we're filled with your spirit. We love you, Jesus. Amen. I'm just going to bring the table out in the middle here. And whenever you're ready, you just come on up the center aisle. The greatest hindrances to, um, to our friendship with Jesus is the belief, is falling into the belief that he's letting us down on his end of the friendship. Uh, I believe that the enemy um, makes um, very deliberate and specific attack to try and get us into a place uh, where we, we doubt the faithfulness on his end of the friendship. Um, during the meal here, what the Lord brought to my mind was John the Baptist. You remember when Jesus came to him to be baptized? John was the one who looked up and declared, the Lamb of God... Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. To date, he says the most truest thing that's ever, the most powerful, most truest thing that's ever been said about Jesus. Now, I want to tell you what happens. Hardship comes. He promised we'd have tribulation, and hardship comes in our life. And uh, later, John ends up in prison. Right? And he sends out from prison. Um, what happens? He's in there for a while. He knew the truth about Jesus. And then, and then he's in prison and he sends out and says, uh, is, he, is he the Christ? Has the kingdom of God come? And he sends people to go ask Jesus. Ask him if he's the one or if we should look elsewhere. 
Why does he do that? This is the same guy who, who said the most truest thing about Jesus ever, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then hardship comes, and from prison he has to send to find out if what he thought before was true. Are you following me? I'm going to tell you hardship, hardship comes. And when hardship comes, you'll find places in the scripture that Jesus asks three, que- uh, asks three questions. He says, um, when they begin to doubt, begin to wonder, he says, do you see? In other words, do you see what's going on? And then, and he begins to, the second question he asks is, do you hear? Do you hear what's going on? And then, and it's a progression. And then he gets to the third one and he says, he says, can you remember? Do you follow me? Can you remember? He doesn't, this time, I I believe this time he doesn't say do, he switches to can. He says, can you remember? And I'll tell you what happens. We walk with Jesus in a friendship and an intimacy, but then hardship comes. And the enemy uses that to begin to doubt Jesus' end of the friendship. And I'll tell you something, it will never be true that Jesus is letting down his end of the friendship. Okay? And he says to you, can you see? Can you hear? I believe life sometimes makes it hard, very, very hard, to see and hear what God is doing or to see Jesus being your friend in these hard circumstances or to hear his voice sometimes in these really hard circumstances. But he gives us an out. He says, can you remember? Amen? (laughs) The way we battle the enemy, the way we enter those courts and the warfare with the enemy is we remember. Remember friendship and your friend will be right there okay can you remember we can remember right can you think of something right now that you can remember deep abiding friendship with Jesus something you can remember you need that (laughs) He, he asks that question in order to give them a weapon for victory can you remember Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop while I'm ahead. Let me just pray for your week, okay? Father God, I ask a blessing. May your face shine upon them. <clears throat> May you create moments this week in their lives where they find out you're walking right in next to them and they're aware of it. Will you, will you heighten our awareness to know when you're walking shoulder to shoulder with us that we would be aware of your deep friendship? In the name of Jesus. Y'all be blessed. Hey, buddy.